Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like the great outdoors? Are you or are you looking to be a master bow hunter, king of the hill in archery? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bow Hunter Planet. It's the Bow Hunter Planet podcast, recorded live in the BHP Studios, Detroit, Michigan, with your host, Team BHP. It doesn't. Hey everyone, this is Tim from the Boner Plant Podcast. I wanted to take a moment and thank all of our awesome sponsors. Shout out goes to Vanguard Outdoors, Skullhooker, Racks Inc., Beyond the Years, Crossman, and Stealth Camp. You guys are awesome sponsors. Thanks for your support in the Bowhunter Planet Podcast. Check out these great sponsors when you get a minute, everyone. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the live edition of the BonerPlant.com podcast. Uh, it's myself, Dave Thomas, along with Kevin Collin over here. Uh, Tim will be back. He's just on the other side. And Bob's over here. You can't really see him, but you'll see his hand on you. And uh, nope, I'm over here to my right. So we are live. We are a little early than normal, so we wanted to just try something a little different today. So we figured we'd come on early and uh, see how it goes. So um, welcome. Although I wish I would have picked out a topic before we started this, but <laughs> hey, <laughs> I think about it. No dead space. No, Five, no dead four, space. Three. You continue two. to talk. Last uh, up. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us how it's going, Kevin. You go. You go ahead. You go ahead with some sort of topic. Oh uh, boy, I tell you what, I'm, I'm still interested in continuing this topic we just had with the uh, photography. Oh yeah, that's a good point. That was an amazing yeah. talk we just got done talking to uh, Clint Easley. Clint Easley, he's a peak photography, and he put, does a video for uh, what is it, uh, Hollywood Hunters or whatever. Yep, Hollywood Hunter. Yep. That was kind of fun. So, all right, welcome, Dave. Um, it's crazy to see some of the stuff these guys do to get shots. Oh yeah, yeah. isn't it's it? Yeah, you know it's kind of cool too. Like you know, like you know, you got a, your hunting season, and I don't know how people out there are doing. Like you know, like you know, I spend a lot of time getting ready for hunting season and stuff like that but i also have really gotten to the point now where when it's not hunting season to go out with a camera it's like hunting especially if you're trying to get wildlife and stuff you know yeah. but you're just capturing it with a camera and it, and the more you practice the more fun it becomes mm-hmm. you know you try different techniques and mm-hmm. and yeah i really like you know going on youtube and watching videos of how to 
yeah. set up the camera. So it's just to me, it's so overwhelming. Though there's so many things to learn, and you just you know you try and try, but every once in a while you get that really nice shot. It, it's it's uh, rewarding when you get to see your work being used too. Not not just by that's us, true. That is a true statement. When you see like the other the other sites that are posting yeah. our our, our um, photographs and everything, I think that's that's probably some of the cool stuff that we yeah. Especially to. like I really like when it, you know, one of my shots ends up in a magazine or something. That, like that. was cool. Yeah. 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 yeah, and sometimes you don't even know what happens. That's the funny part. No, yeah. like we don't know half the time. I'll be I'll be scrolling through like Instagram like, oh, or man, something. That like, looks Wait familiar. a minute, <laughs> that does look familiar. Then sometimes it'll say hashtag hey. Bowhunter Planet, and yeah. other times it won't. Yeah, but um, it, it's just it is cool to see that yeah. and like our ambassadors. The, yeah, I think the, uh, they've gotten their pictures oh, and tons yeah. of stuff Isaac, because Isaac of us. Got great Ar- content. Arcus though. loves his stuff. My yeah, son goes up on Instagram. Goes right up there. Ducks Unlimited. Yeah. Chris's pictures. Well, Chris's, yeah. Chris's Chris's photographs. He, Chris he's got a, a really good mind, like create creative yeah. mind for Chris that. Chris is good at it. Chris yeah, has really Chris has that. Um, what I love about Chris is that he's very detailed and um, his his uh, approach to it. And his thought is he's really good, really good at uh, composition setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he'll 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 text me ideas before a photo shoot that day. Like, hey, what about this? Or we need this prop. Do you have one of these? Do you have that? Do you have this? He just did the notebook yeah. the other day. He's like, you got this. I need this. I need this. Notebook's <laughs> like, what is all this? I go, just do what he says because it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, but Chris and Chris and I together set up some really cool shots a few years ago. Um, it was like the snow one with the T. And the the uh, cold air was freezing. Oh there yeah, for that, that, that was a great one. shot. Freezing yeah. out there. That was we're talking about the Badlands. Yes, and it, we were freezing. And, and I think Cedar was it. Were you who was there? Cedar. It was me and, and oh, you were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was you the time Chris Cedar fell into the into the water, wasn't it? Yes, Maybe. that was. <laughs> we're Funny story. About, we're talking Funny about Chris McGee, by the way. Chris, Chris McGee. Funny story to that, real quick, and we'll come back right to this topic. Just today, I was talking to Cedar on the phone, and he said, "I." I am a legend uh, at my kid's school. He goes, when I got there, all the kids said, you're the guy who fell in the pond. Because <laughs> this kid showing the video, and now they're all thinking he's some superstar on YouTube oh, because he fell in the awesome. pond. That's awesome. That's that awesome. didn't take off as good as I thought it would. It either. did pretty good. Uh, what were you saying, Tim? You were saying something. Sorry, I cut you off. Uh, no, no, he lost it. Uh, Kevin, you had something. You guys were saying something. You are about to say something. I was just mentioning because, you know, there's more than one Chris. I was just saying oh, yeah, yeah. Chris McGee, you know, and, and uh, yeah. his photography <laughs> Murphy. I'm suffering from depression. Typically, <laughs> yeah, he is. Dave wants to talk <laughs> about that PSE. If we're, we're, if, we're, if we're talking about Chris McGee, if we're talking about photography, we're talking about Chris McGee. If we're That's talking about, true. If we're talking about a genius, a genius on bows and tech and everything, we're talking Chris Schner. Yeah, we'll keep that simple. We decided to brand his own his own. Uh, outtakes for the for the BHP show is to say the, the geek out session with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, uh, we go on for hours. Really, really good. Though. Yeah, although, man. although we did find out he can't shoot a traditional, but that's that's a topic for a whole nother. He podcast. can shoot a traditional, but not as good as Bob over here. So we're actually he might, actually if he comes in really tonight, good. we're going to talk about. It. I'm waiting. Uh-huh. He's supposed yeah. to be here. So little wanna, little known fact. Bob McGee was uh, He's a Uncle Bob. Jay was a stunt yeah, double for Uncle the Bob. Hunger Games. Fred Bear reincarnated. <laughs> Uncle Bob. Well, you know, was, you know when I knew Bob was going to hit that stump when he pulled back and I didn't hear him say, oh, "I can't see shit." <laughs> 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 I said, "Oh, he's locked in. Uh, I can't he's locked he in. Is, that he, stump yeah, is going he, down." He's a lot better with that uh, traditional oh, than a regular crossbow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. With this. 
There's no scope. There's got, no scope. Got, no, he got some new glasses. I noticed some new frames on his face. That's I knew. I knew. Well, you weren't wearing them. No, I knew. Glasses I knew when he drew back, I said, he's going to hit. Man, I never new tooth. I honestly, I didn't, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't expect much out of this situation. Okay, I didn't know Bob has this like amazing traditional background. I just, I don't know much about traditional, right? I was like, there's, there's no way he's hitting. You know, I mean, at first you I was like, me. I knew you hit the first couple. He's got a nice bow. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, he's gonna hit. But we backed up, and Schnur's like shooting him out in the water and stuff. And then Bob's like, get out of the way. He's like, thump. You got thump, me pretty excited thump. about. He it, never missed. We should a move shot. on because I don't want to ruin. Yeah, everything. yeah, we're not talking about it. We so. got to come back. We got to have yeah, wait Schnur here, here so he can, we can rip on him yeah. because he got he got used up. <laughs> <laughs> he really did. Because I'm he's thinking prob- my head like he's probably not, listening. You're not gonna beat a target shooter. There's no way. And Bob's like, yeah, right. Watch this. Smoke, smoke, smoke. It's all oh. instinctive shooting. I love it. It really was, Bob. But I noticed one thing about Bob that you might see in the video. Oh, I hate to talk about this. I just no, feel like I'm going to forget it. Let, let's move on. It's like, let's talk about the Evolve. Here's, here's a little <laughs> question here in, from uh, George Ramos. Jorge. Is Tennessee the only state Jorge. that. Was it? Jorge? I think it's, it's Jorge. It's got to be Jorge. Right? Whatever. Is Tennessee the only state that has early deer <laughs> Sorry, season? Sorry, Jorge. Jorge, we love you. He's an ambassador, you. Kevin. You got to treat yeah, him good. With a chance for a velvet buck. Kentucky, you can do it too, can't no. you? Kentucky? What, what do you think? I think Kentucky. We're not fact checkers, so I think. Kentucky. Not. But how many guys here have ever hunted a velvet buck? I've I never have. No, I've killed three I, of them. I, I never have. <laughs> you guys just say, what? Kentucky, Kentucky's archery season opens. I want to say the middle of September, and you still have a chance of getting velvet. Oh, there it velvet. is. Kentucky usually opens September 1st, there you it go. says right here. Velvet I mean, it's early. What are you talking about? I don't think Did that's do what you looked for. Velvet. It uh, says right, seven is best right? states to kill a velvet buck. Oh, you got it here? Seven here best go. states. Here we go. Here we go. Seven best states to kill a velvet yep. buck. From Realtree.com. All right. We know it's legit. Nebraska. Nebraska, opening day, September 1st. Wyoming, opening day varies on location. Montana, yeah, no, opening no. day, September 2nd. Three-day hunt 2nd. in August, do you see that? Yeah. Which one? Where's just, Jorge just said it. Oh, Tennessee. Tennessee's three-day in August. Wow. Is that like wow. a youth hunt, though, or I, I wonder, or is that... Uh, North Dakota. That so you're going to have to shave your beard, Tim. Man. <laughs> Is Tennessee, Tennessee wasn't even on the list. Tennessee didn't make the list of Uh-oh, real Jorge. trees. No. Jorge, that might be a problem. Type, okay, type in Tennessee. Well, no, Tennessee I, I, think, I think the oh, – Let's fact check this here. This is the uh, – What the heck? They're saying this is the best places to get Oh, this is – yeah, it's not the, the only. Seven Top best seven. states. So yeah, Tennessee probably has it, but – States, there we go. Let's do that. Thanks a lot, Tyler. You didn't give us all of it. North Dakota, Montana, I believe, are also the yeah, same. Right Tennessee Velvet Buck Where? Hunt schedule. Oh, Tennessee. Yeah, for August. Schedule August. Yeah, Boeing.com. August. Wow. Volunteer State. So, uh, third week in September. Oh, three sorry, day, sorry. Three day I'm all over the place. Scheduled for August. That's super early for, for deer. So what are the tactics when you're going after a velvet buck? You try it. I think it'd be easy. Try to find a tree that they're uh, rubbing their antlers on. Pa- it's I all think about it, I think it's easy pattern. Point, right? If you yeah. got the deer pattern, you got the deer. That's that's probably why some of the people want to do it. Not you just find some nice nice rubs. Mm-hmm. Just hang out at one of the rub sites. Mm-hmm. So, 
ever, anybody, nobody's here has ever killed a velvet bug. No. Button. <laughs> who typed this? Hey. Who put that in? I'm sure it's Chris. Oh, okay, I know who. Hey, there. Chris. Why is there a, like a little red thing on there? What does that mean? What does that mean? Is you see that little red thing on there? What I'm is sure. Like on the logo. I just wonder if we can. I think try that just means that. Can you tap people in? That would be cool. All right, let's go through from the top. Dave Murphy, what's up, man? How are you? We saw that you want to talk about the PSE Vol 28. That's awesome. Great bow. Mike Day, how are you? Misty Brown, how are you? John M. Schillingford. Did I say that right? Schillingford. I'm not good at names. Sorry, John. So. But welcome. Tim St. Mary, welcome. Jorge, welcome. I think we said that right. Um, all right, we got that. I just said hi to everybody. Okay, good. Drop some knowledge on me. Bring it on. Are we dropping knowledge on? Oh, we dropped it on bucks. So I, No, I think that's what we were talking <laughs> no, about. No, I was we, about Tim is an expert at shooting bucks. We, we don't have the I velvet buck hunt here, <laughs> well, so you can drop some knowledge First on First of all, us. I've never. Second of all, Dave. But here's the thing. Early, here, here's, here's how you kill a velvet buck, in my opinion. I think you would treat it like you would a deer that you're hunting early season, which means, in my experience, waiting, like I was telling you earlier. So when, when I, I – and the reason I say that is this. I've hunted the opening week in Michigan. At one point, it was really, really warm, and I remember that. And I was at Sean Meisner's, and he told me, he's like, don't shoot a doe tonight. You're going to see a buck. Just wait and let the does do their thing. Let them do all their stuff. Just do not shoot a doe. And he was absolutely 100% correct as, as, as the night started getting darker and darker, the bucks start hitting that field with those does. So I would probably do it the same way in velvet. I would think it'd be easier than hunting them in the rut because in the rut, they're chasing. If they don't chase in front of you, you're not getting right. a bow shot. If you're not attracting but them in by velvet, it, yeah. you can get them coming in to eat, mm. I think, more than you could, especially early in August. That's probably why they even have that because it's easier to get to a nice buck than you could if you were in, in normal season. I, that's just no, my opinion. No. I, that's not a fact by any means, but I, that's how I would approach it. Seems like you find some trees, too, that they're trying to... That they're rubbing and just on. set up over the do road. that. Yeah. But, see, and the reason I say that is this. And you're going to remember this when I bring it up. Uh, we used to have a lease, and it was a, a right across the Meisner's land. And the photos in early season in August were uh-huh. massive 140 deer, a 40-inch deer walking with velvet, walking on every day past our trail cam. First day of season, not a single one of those deer were around, and we never saw them again. Mm-hmm. But if we were to sit in that spot during August, we would have shot those deer. That's my point. Yeah. Very much easier to pattern. Never saw him again. Yeah. I mean, we sat in those stands all that season. We hunted that thing hard. Never even glimpsed a buck that size walk by. Yeah. It makes sense. It really does. So, it really does. I think if you have that ability to get ahead like that, it's be awesome. Yeah. Get it done. I think there's less chance of things messing you up, too. Like, oh, I yeah. think what happened to us there, somebody in the area dropped a a truckload of beets. Remember that? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. a little 10-acre parcel around yeah, us. Yeah, just wrapped a truckload Plus, of there was full corn up to, like, the last minute. Yeah. That yeah. didn't help us either. Yeah. It was a really bad year. It was very depressing because we were so excited, man. Because think about this. A place where you know, like, Sean's land is oh, – we've always seen giant bucks out there. <laughs> Kevin and I both hunted it, and it's amazing land. To go across the street on 110 acres, they have full power on, right? Four wheelers, whatever, and hunt. We were like blown. We were like, I can't believe it. You know, I don't even know what we paid for that. I don't even think it was that much money. Yeah, and know. and it was like, 
we were like, this is unbelievable. You know, we're going to, you know, and, and then when you start seeing those trail cam pics, we're like, oh, my oh, gosh. It's going down. It's going down. You know, these things were huge. And uh, should have hinged cut the whole thing. I, you know, well, you couldn't. There was actually a river that went out the backside of it, just like the airport almost, actually. Oh, the you know, the Atlantis? Like, it's almost similar. It was like a swamp. You remember that? Like mm-hmm. a swampy yeah, river thing. Swamp, yeah. And it wasn't as, it was, it was very narrow. It wasn't like real thick wood. I mean, it was thick, but they crossed a, like a little canal. That's why you saw them in them. That's, where they're tra- that's how they're traveling mm-hmm. through. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. They're doing that little following the mm-hmm. ridge line. Speaking of hinge cutting, that's a topic to get into a little bit about land management but we don't know enough we got to find yeah. the right guy we need tony yeah. to come on tony and and uh chevy i would like to have them here and also dan schwegler he yeah. just had his land done and yeah. i thought it'd be cool to have him in talking about that with tony yeah and maybe even chevy at the same time and it'd be nice to get him in here Didn't to talk about do? i want i want yeah. drawings i want to see land? he did and he's doing this dan schwegler another friend of ours land right now yeah and i don't know why you've got what 80 acres up north why don't you like Bob, it's that. only a little bit of this. Yeah, I know. It's not cheap though. Little it was that's called, that's called father-in-law. But I think that. Yeah, um, but he wouldn't. Would he care? I mean, he wouldn't. Let well, here's the thing. Hold on. First off, do I don't think Tony does the work. He just plans it for you. Then you sure. take the plan and give it to a guy that comes in and actually hinge cuts, does mm-hmm. all that stuff. That's my understanding. So uh, when Dan did it, uh, his costs were mainly on the guy who did all the work, you know, cutting everything right. down, like the, the little the. The Tony thing was like a set fee. It's just a fee. I don't think it was that much money. So you could get Tony to come well, do the fee, and we could slowly do, do the work. Yeah, you I get, mean, you get the Tony to do, and we'll come do the work. Oh, yeah, work? that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd if, be really if you know you if you have my, the work yeah. in a couple weeks. Chevy can help. I mean, Chevy would know how to do it. He can come and just actually forget Tony. We just need Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Sorry, Chevy. We don't trust you that much, but. All right, where are we at? We have a lot of a lot of questions come through here when we were talking for a minute. Uh, hunt for all. Uh, one guy only saw one velvet while hunting in Missouri. I don't think I've ever seen a velvet in Michigan. Not, I've never seen not, 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 not hunting. Not well, not you won't. You won't because no. you're in October. Yeah, trail cams and stuff yeah. like that. But even at, even in mid September, youth hunt there. Velvet's mostly gone. Mm. It's yeah. amazing how different they they look though when yeah. it comes to velvet though. It's it's quite amazing transformation. Oh, they look huge. Mm-hmm. What's the growth on a deer per month? I'm assuming that says. It's a lot right now. I mean, the w- I think a lot depends on their diet and stuff, yeah. doesn't it? Sure, yeah. minerals available, yeah. all that. Yeah, that's uh. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it would be. I I, I personally think it would be fun to to try to yeah. do some land management where you're drawing deer in. That's. That would be pretty cool. Here we go. Works, May seventh. Sure. This is a video on on the growth of deer antlers. May seventh, May twenty first, sixty nine days, eighty three days. Wow. I tell you, who has a rapid growth is ninety seven is, is an elk. Oh yeah. The elk, no like when we were out in uh, Yellowstone. Well, you figured they wow. dropped elk every year like yeah. a deer. Starting there, 111 days. I think once or wow. about August. Whoa, full. 125 days. So it's, it's still quite August. A, Here's August, 153 days. It's quite a days. few inches. I mean, Whoa, August you, 13th, 153. you got to take into consideration the supplements that they're I'll tell you what, that deer. I would love, That's true. I would yeah. love to see a deer in the wild with drop the drop tines. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, I would want that. I did once. You did? 
September. And he was coming right towards me too. Right and down like in that front kind of, of drop time or like a little one. And Out of nowhere, and this forkhorn comes look, running right underneath my stand. Two hundred nine, and he chased him. Mm. I was so oh. mad. <laughs> and like wow. I, my, I psyched myself into it. I'm like, oh, okay. Just, I'm like, it's just a deer. It's just a deer. I'm good to go. And all of a sudden, I heard something right underneath me. And then I look at him. I look directly at him. And he turns and starts chasing him. I'm like, oh, my God. How big was he besides the drop tines? I bet he's 140. Yeah, oh, but the wow. drop tines make it. Yeah. <clears throat> but I'm just, for the next hour, I'm just like, come on, come back. Where is he? Where this is, is he? Never uh, saw him again. This is Where a good is point he? Dave brought up. He says, I think some people get so excited checking cams, they end up pressuring the deer by checking them too often. Yeah. I like to check my cams while I'm mowing trails or when a tractor is driving around. So that, you know, sound's already yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, Dave, that is a great comment. And, uh, in fact, uh, we were talking about that with Stealth Cam this year because they have the wireless ones now that yeah. we were talking about getting those so that we could, you know, have a couple spots where we can always be seeing what's going on, not just for deer, but for surveillance of, you know, trespassers and other yeah. issues. Um so that's a great way to do it. Or you put something like this one out and you leave it and you re realistically do not check for a long time until you have a situation where you have a tractor or some reason that a people would be yeah. in the region. That you're going to have anyway. Or you're refilling that, food that or something. That story you were talking about, though, we weren't checking those cameras very often. That we, is correct. We but put them up there, left them but alone. But we don't know what the owner was doing walking around back there, working out no, there. We didn't, we didn't see him on camera, though. True, but he knows how to sneak around him. He owned it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he was doing much sneaking. Uh, all right, Samantha, what's y'all's preference on food plots? What works best if you do food plots? Uh, I don't. I, we don't do them because we well, we've, we've done a lot of food plots at Ron's Land, yeah. and the food plots that worked the best on Ron's Land were um, he did uh, turnips, which did tremendously well he did clover i wish ron was here to talk yeah. about this he did clover throughout the whole th i mean he literally clovered the whole side probably four 300 yards probably of clover and then it turned in and then the inside where his main shoot plot was was outskirting clover and inskirted with turnips and um Rassica. Yes, that. There was a ton of weird stuff. He had like a, a smorgasbord Did, in Didn't those turnips last into December? Turnips, into December. Turnips last forever. And they were huge, like this big. It pulled them up. You see deer just eating yep. them, right? And they would come in. He shot two bucks over these turnips. They would come in, pull one out of the ground, start eating it right in front of him. He would smoke it. Like, it was like every time I go, of course, I'd see nothing in the yeah. spot. But when he went, I think he put like a little uh, like a sound thing out there when I was out there. like clipped it to a tree. You know, those dog <laughs> ones, the whistles that you can only hear. <laughs> Thanks a lot, oh, Reslo. You used to do a lot of food plots, right, Bob? And is that you use the turnips or no? I use turnips. I use clover. I use brassica. And did you? Uh, That's about the right. The turnip the turnips worked real well. So did clover. How was the success rate of the hunting? You saw do more you doing saw, and not doing plots. You you saw more deer. Yeah. You got more deer coming to where yeah. you wanted them. Mm -hmm. Jamie and I have been testing out these R one these rack one yeah. blocks, and they are, I, yeah, I there's four bucks eating out. I think one. I just yeah. posted a picture. It's of unbelievable. Like, yeah. like uh, I was impressed, and I, I you know, and we were talking about that because you know it comes a season. A lot of times you want to bait a little bit, like even if it's not like a tremendous amount of bait or anything, but even just like a small spreader, something that's going to stop them when they get into that area. Um, 
No, I'm not talking it like just corn. I'm not talking those to come through. But I'm not talking carrots stock. and yeah. beets. I'm talking just some, a little bit of corn. But now we're like, why even do that? We just drop on the these minerals, blocks yeah. and let and let that be like an area where they the deer know they can come get a quick snack. You know, it's corn in there. You know, it's not like it's well, like a molasses block. I think yeah. so, but this Carmel one block. I don't. It's just mineral. It works. It worked really yeah, it's well. Called rack one. Um, it's really good. You know, you talk about cameras and the, uh, you know, checking them too often and stuff like that and. And uh, remember when we went bear hunting and the outfitter didn't want us really putting cameras out? Yeah, I he said he said he spooks them and stuff. Spooks the bear. But I'll tell you what, man. That, we put some cameras on them. Bears just came in. Like, they see them. Yeah. They just they walk know right there. up. They know the you're GoPro. there, too. They, they walk right up and licked there. them and yeah. everything else. I don't think they, they knew they Mr. Big was there. And they knew Gene They'd, they'd there. rather eat that peanut butter. Yeah. Just make sure just make sure you don't get peanut butter on the camera. Chevy or Corey? Corey had one. Put the camera inside his mouth yeah. and was walking around. Yeah, away walking with around with the camera. <laughs> <and fuck out. laughs> I had one come up and it sniffed my camera and knocked it over. My GoPro. But um yeah. uh Chuck Jammer says I don't even run cams during the off season. They go back out in September. Uh um whatever will will be will be. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the old that's yeah. my that, you know, when I was younger, that's we never had trail cams, you know. And when the first trail cam came out, it was mind blowing. Like literally, I remember going out with Brian and putting it out on state land, and I never forget the first time I checked it. I'm like, "There's not gonna be anything on this. There's no way this thing worked. There's squirrels. I'm talking deer two feet from it, just standing there. I'm like, I was blown away by the concept. You know, it's like one of those things in life where you don't know who stood there before you, or you know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't know. Uh, you guys, Bill Clinton could have walked where I'm walking right now, right? I'm just trying to throw out some famous name, right? I felt that way, like. Oh my God! Deer was standing like literally right where my yeah. my hip is standing. It, this is the weirdest thing to me at first. And you I'm know like, they're there, and then it yeah. changed everything because then I knew I was like, oh, now I was so excited to hunt. Like I was up there, and I remember thinking like, it's seven thirty, dinner bell. You know, it's coming. And I swear to God, I'm not exaggerating. I guys say this when this is the first time we ever did this. It came at seven thirty. Here comes this buck, and I couldn't believe it. And this is a part of my lifetime where I had not shot many deer. It's probably like 2002, 2003 time frame. And I remember that deer walking in, like, and I'm like, you know, all of a sudden, you didn't even know it's there, right? All of a sudden, you just see something move. It's almost like um, one of those movies, you know, where, like, nothing's moving, and all of a sudden, things start moving. Like, and it's like, it's the like mannequin creepy. challenge? Nah, it's like, um... <laughs> I don't know. It's like something where, like, it comes to life, like you never right. knew it was there, like uh, a Sasquatch movie or something, right? Where all of a sudden it's behind the tree, you never knew it was there the whole time. Yeah. It was like that. All of a sudden you see this brown thing just move right into the zone, like instantly. And I'm looking, I'm like, oh my god, here we go, here we go, you know. And, and the weirdest thing, it like it knew I was there, like it knew something wasn't right. Smell me, something happened, you know. And it turned, just walked away, and I was like. Try to figure out when to pull, when not to pull. You know, you get in that yeah. position where you're like, yeah. do I go, do I not go? And they walked yeah. off and never shot it. Before the trail cams, there used to be trail timers. Do you guys? It's probably yeah, I do remember time. those. Too. So I never you used, used to put timers. a string. You put a string out across the ta- a thing, and when the deer would come through, it break the string, and it would stop the clock, so you knew what, what time the deer went through, and based on the direction the string was, you'd know whether it was going. <laughs> Which direction yep, was going? Yep, that's interesting. It was called trail timers. Oh, it was so stupid. Because <laughs> you didn't know, you know, you didn't know. You try to put it up high enough where only a deer would trip it, but you didn't know. It could be a raccoon or something. <laughs> just yep. happen to see a string. Say, oh, I'm going to grab that string, you know. 
String one. That's funny. But like you said, uh, you know, you're anticipating a deer. You know, you get to your stand and the string would be broke. You'd be like, oh, man, look. He was Something through. came through. It was so exciting. I don't know. I just, I'll never forget that feeling because it was like, what? Like, he was right here, you know, and you see this buck on there and you're like, wow, this really just happened? Like, is it really... Yeah. I don't know. That was that was the good days, man. I just remember that when that technology first started. And this is funny because we had Garmin on a couple like last week, I think it was, and we we're talking about the GPS systems and uh, the first ones. And I don't know if Garmin was the first one to have. I know Magellan was out there too. Lorance. Yeah, there was a couple other ones in the beginning. I don't know if uh, who had GPS? the first. You know, what? I'm gonna look it up. I still yeah, got GPS. Lorance. You had to practically have a college degree to know how to run those things. Well, that's why I made that comment. Um, yeah, I know Magellan was a big one. I remember Magellan. Magellan I used was to big. have one of those. I I got one one time. I bought it from a guy used, and after I bought it, I realized he probably sold it to me because he couldn't figure out how to use it. Because yep. I could never figure out how to use the stupid thing. There it is. That's what I wanted. First Magellan. I think. It... Remember, you had to pay for the the uh, the map packs too. Like just the area that you still do for some of them, like the more oh the garments, ones, but the garments you buy buy a card yeah. for the area you're you well, Bob, you're Bob, when we sweet. when we went out to South Dakota, Bob <laughs> bought the South Dakota. It, it, it helps. Was, it was it was almost too detailed. Yeah, it was so much stuff on there. Uh, it, I don't think it was a Magellan. That does not look like the one Brian's got, and he still has it. I'm trying to get him to bring it in because it's funny that you know it's so old and Bauer holds on to everything so. Type in first handheld GPS. I'm going to go first Garmin GPS. Okay, yeah, handheld's probably a better word. Oh, wait a minute. No, no. First those handheld? Are, those those yeah. are not These are not the first ones. No, those are relatively... Not Garmin, though. Get rid of the Garmin. Well, I'm going to try each brand because it's, it's going to be... Well, maybe I don't think I'm, it's going to be either one of those Instead of brands, first, though. put earliest. Uh, what year would that have been? Anybody know what year the first... I'm kidding. First handheld GPS. Show. Let's do that. You're right. Let's just try that. Probably the mid '80s. I don't remember. I feel like we had it in the '90s. That one. That one picture keeps coming. It was this a one, box. Pretty close. It wasn't that though. It was. It was more <laughs> like this. Uh. All right. Too much dead air time here, guys. Yeah. Well, you guys keep talking. I'm just glancing. You're searching. I'm curious. You're now, searching. Though. Well, who, who who remembers out there the people watching? Yeah, I never used the GPS. I had one probably in the. I remember we. 80s. You remember we took that one back uh, when we went to Yellowstone, Dave, back in two thousand like four. My brother had those big ideas of going hunting in the backcountry before <laughs> I sprained both ankles, and uh, we took that out there, and the thing didn't work. <laughs> you just you couldn't catch a signal anywhere. Yeah, back oh, yeah. then that was the hardest part so, trying to get. You know, there were not as many satellites yep. in the air, and even early, even early smartphone. Like that that's the one thing that I realized was the biggest flaw. So I, I had Sprint back in the day and Sprint was like it was great if you're on a main road, but if you're on a back thing? road you don't get any signal. <laughs> and that's the one thing that always like it, it's a catch twenty two because you love the GPS and you want to use it so you don't bring a map. But then you start to realize it's like when you go somewhere you've never been, there's probably no cell phone service and you can't get a GPS signal either. I, so what, you I, just get you lost anyway. I always had a, I always had a <laughs> compass, compass, man. Yep. Gotta have a compass. I don't. See, I don't know, well, I guess I'm talking more driving. Go, go down, like, Dave. It looked like this though. Still, um, this was the dial. See, see how it yeah, has that's this, what I remember. This is what it looked like. Yeah. So that wasn't and the there earliest. Spots. And I remember that. You. Go up. I'll show you what the early ones look like. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, oh, let me guess. That they they were exactly in color. what I'm thinking now. It's getting close to that one. I bet you it wasn't Magellan. <laughs> this one right here. 
Yeah, that's like the one. Because it had that little thing on the side. Mm-hmm. That is Satellite. it. That's it. It's man. a Magellan. I'm pretty sure this is it. Yeah. Anyway, that is we got sweet. lost so hardcore with that. I mean, it was I can that see funny. it. Just gives you coordinates. That's all. Yeah, you I still I, need a map. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I agree. think it had it a map. That's, he probably just got the coordinates, and the map's not. Oh wait a minute. In. What's this one right here? Yeah, see, it looks like this. I got. I got to get him to bring it. Oh, that's the one. I got to get him to bring it over because I think this was the one. Trailblazer. I bet you it's that one. I it's might one. have one too. Yeah, I think it looked, It was similar to this. I remember just a couple buttons, and it looked weird stuff like this. I'm like, what are these coordinates? I don't understand. Yep. <laughs> well, now they have a whole they have a whole recreation built off of it, geocaching. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you go out, and you, you go to the coordinates that, that, that they give you, and you got to hunt for like whatever's out there. Like a bucket buried something. in the sand. I found something on yeah. accident. We were at, um, it was Pokemon Go before Pokemon Go. <laughs> it was. I was at, um, we were at an ice cream place in Michigan called Irma's. And at Irma's, mm. did you study? Do you there when I found Irma's this? custard in a tree? There's these pine rows that go around it. And I was back in there with the kids, the kids like to play back there in the backyard. Something and I'm buried. looking, no, I'm looking also. I see this box hanging from a tree branch inside. I'm like, it's like a school, a kid's school box. I'm like, that's yeah. weird. Some kid put a school box out here. So I gotta check this out. You know, of course, you know, people are curious. I open it, there's like a spinning thing in it, there's like oh. pencils, there's different things in it, but it's definitely like people are leaving something, taking something. Yeah. And finally, I figured out it's like geocaching. I was yeah. Like, oh. This yeah, is it's funny. Cool. We we did that a couple times, and it's it's fun when you find it. Sometimes it's really tough. Like they hide it like in a in a plastic bag under a rock. Yep. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. My son's father in law is real big into it, and I guess it's almost like a cult. Yeah, it is. They have I mean, clubs, he, and he goes yeah. to Florida. He'll go yeah. on business trips and stuff, and he, he he's geocaching a, while he's doing. That's a, really cool. Dave Murphy's talking on here about how he's he's had sat in front of his computer for hours watching pics from cameras. That took every thirty seconds during daylight hours. I've had that happen. Like yeah. uh, you set it up and you don't notice. Like there's like the a branch. A branch or something. Yeah. Yeah, every the time the wind blows, yeah. you got a thousand pictures. No, no same, deer at all. Nothing, nothing but the <laughs> stupid branches. It's like, oh my yeah. gosh. Oh man. Um, I just want to say thanks everybody for tuning into the podcast. If you go on to the bonerplanet slash podcast.com, you can see all the new additions we've been launching, trying to put some in here for you guys. We, we started doing creative, uh, covers to make it easier to find some cool stuff. Uh, the marshmallow one's one of my favorites here, but I really like that. We have Zion, uh, that Kevin did a lot about Zion national park when he went there. So it was really exciting. We also offer, we just opened this This is something cool. We just found, um, you can get into the Golden Arrow Club if you're interested, and that is where you can get exclusive. Uh, Bob's on the cover of that one. Yeah, so I like see a, that. These are exclusive episodes that you can't hear on the normal podcast. Um, Northbound Adventures, one in Opum, and Kevin's last episodes that was really good uh, about going to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and then counterfeiting and BSing with uh, Schnur last week in a pretty funny episode. But if you click these, these are not free, so they do cost money, but uh, it would help. You guys help us out with it. We'd really appreciate it. Check it out. Um, It is really, really cool. Um, You can click the golden – let me get out of here. And it takes you to a new web – okay, I guess I can't leave. Um, oh, here it is. Go to link. And then, so these links take you to a website called Patron. And uh, it's www.patron.com slash BHP podcast. So a whole P-A-T-R-E-O-N. bunch. P A T R E O N dot com. Patron? Patron, right? 
Did I say Patreon? right? Patreon, maybe. Patreon. Oh. Either or maybe I was right so, before. Uh, all, all the there's exclusive content on here, so it's really exciting. Uh, and then the episodes, obviously, that are you can unlock by participating and becoming a Patreon. Give it so, a listen. Give it a listen. It's pretty cool. And join Check the Gold Arrow Club, and we appreciate it. Thanks for watching us on the live. We are going to continue on to this podcast. Thanks, here. guys. Thanks, guys. Um, and have a good one. we will cut out, but you can listen to the rest of this podcast on uh, SoundCloud. We will have that up in the next day or two. So thanks. Um, so, all right, now that we are back onto the audio, uh, I think real quickly, guys, we covered a lot here on today's yeah, episode. But I think we should talk uh, not too much, but a little bit about um, the, what was I going to say? So if you go back in time and you were to, like, like Kevin, I guess this is more for you because you kind of lived through this. As an outdoorsman, a hunter, what would have made you buy a Garmin or a Magellan? Was that something at that time that you saw and you're like, I got to have it? Example would be, real quick, before you get into it. When we saw the dog one, you're like, I got to buy that. Yeah. Because you knew right away the, the the wives wanted the dogs to be safe, and you knew if you bought that, we could take them outdoors, and that, right. that's what I'm right. asking. So that, yeah, I mean, you've already explained that one. That was like, you know, we were we were rabbit hunters, and with beagles, beagles will go, they'll go a half a mile, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you hear stories of guys leaving the woods and have to leave their dogs out there because the dog didn't come back, and they come back the next day, and... They say set a set a jacket or something out there. They come back and, but you know the dog would be there. But then there's other times they lost their dog, you know. And I, yeah. you know, our our hunting dogs were not the typical, like leave the dog outside. He's only a hunter. Ours were our family dogs yeah. too, you know. So we definitely did not want to take a chance. So mm-hmm. when we had a chance to buy this dog tracking, it was it was incredible. You know, you can see where they are, how fast they're moving, if they stopped, you know, things like that. And and uh, we used it for years. but Still have it, I think, right? I have, yeah. uh, I have one. It's a, it's a dog truck, and uh, it hooks up to your smartphone, and they'll actually track the dog up to nine miles away. Jeez. With with full signal, I mean, yeah. you can you can tag the dog. The, the only thing yeah. you can't do, which is the one thing that I think everybody's missing, Shocking. is no. Well, no, you can do that. You can <laughs> do that up to nine miles away. Stop it's, moving. It's talking to the dog, oh. like oh, giving them a cool. command to like whoa or stay, so it doesn't go anywhere else. That's yeah. the one thing that I have always wanted within like some you know within a within a yeah. um, a dog collar type of thing is that ability to communicate with it not back and forth obviously mm-hmm. not talking to you but to give it a command uh-huh. I think that would be awesome. But anyway, side note, hard. I just had to mention that because I had to get that out there because somebody needed to make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but no good, great Sa- safety to me with those things. Yeah. That's the number one reason why. And, that, and that's originally why I bought one. I mean, I have been doing a lot of hunting and you know some pretty remote areas in the upper peninsula where if you got lost you could be lost and really mm-hmm. lost you know if you got hurt and i thought you know what i'm gonna get this gps thing and know exactly where i'm at well the early versions of them i'm sure they worked but they were not as simple as they are now i mean you no, needed to all. it was it was like i said i bought my first one i bought was a used one and i know the guy sold it to me because he couldn't use it yeah. And the first one I ever bought was because my brother-in-law had a boat, and you get stuck out on the lake oh, in the fog you and stuff. There you go. And I'm on a boat. he wasn't he wasn't real, real confident using a compass getting mm-hmm. around. Yeah. GPS shows you your land, yeah. your points, your. Well, I tell you what, I got I, you know, I had a really good one that I bought for my boat, and I got caught out in some fog, 
And it works. I put that thing on and just took my time, and I just put that boat right where I needed to be. Yep. In fog that you could only see yeah. 10 feet in front of you. Yeah. So. Yep, safety is that, man. I think that's the number one reason yeah. for that type of equipment. So. But with that in mind, boy, you better have spare batteries, and you better have a, a backup because yeah. I was also out in the middle of the woods when all of a sudden I'm not, I got no satellite signal. And yeah. Well, back in, there is no chargeable yeah. batteries for those GPSs when they first no, came I, out. No, either. Yeah, You're I, talking about, like, Double A's. I yep, know there were right. some that had like the big six volts too that you could hook up to. Yeah, I don't know. I carry um, I carried extra batteries in my. Pack. Yeah, you had to. Yeah, but uh, you know, and then and like I said, I always I learned the hard way that you need to always carry a compass. Bottle of water. Bottle compass. Of water, compass. Knife. Two compasses. Yep, I'll never <laughs> go anywhere without it. So. Space blanket. Yeah, and you know what? I learned something from a good friend of mine, Dan Brown. And uh, he's uh, uh, one of our veterans who, you know, really did his time for, for our country. He spent 13 months in the jungle in Vietnam. Wow. As wow, a, Lord. As a Navy corpsman. We don't mean sleeping in a building. No. We mean no. sleeping yeah. in the in jungle. In the jungle. He was a Navy corpsman, and the Navy corpsmen were assigned to the Marine Corps. <clears throat> and he was in what they called a CAG unit which puts you is 10 guys went into the field, 10 Marines and a medic. And they used to go out. He said they would never sleep in. They couldn't sleep indoors. They had to go out at night. So they would leave. Like their idea was that they were supposed to be teaching the Vietnamese how to fight and take care of themselves. So they would go into a village and do inoculations and all that stuff. Then they would go out just before dark. They would hike out into the, into the, you know, jungle somewhere sit down and wait till it got pitch black and then they would hike somewhere and set up an ambush and then before morning before it got light they would hike again anyway long story short he said they would i go how'd you do that you know and it was compass they were using compasses underneath a blanket and stuff so they wouldn't be no light and he said the one thing you need to do is always trust your compass yeah because he said so many times your mind is telling you this is not the way we're supposed to go. I got to go this way. I got. He said, "Don't listen to your mind. Listen to your compass." Yeah. Because, and from a guy whose life depended on it, you know that that was good advice. Safety is key. You hear it. You heard it yeah. here first. But no, that that's absolutely Crazy. true. I mean, you 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 have to stay safe. You have to be prepared. You cannot just go out there. And there's a lot of areas out there where you can't get lost. But there's there, you, you'd be surprised. In those moments where you do get lost, you never would have expected it. And it's no. that Boy Scout mentality of always be prepared, always have your basics with you. So yeah. you, hear, you heard it here in the podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time. Hey, guys, can't get enough of the Boner Plan podcast? You need more episodes? Well, check us out on Patreon.com. Go to Patreon.com slash BHP Podcast to join the Golden Arrow Club and get exclusive access to new episodes every week. Celebrating the rich tradition of bow hunting for over 31 years, Vanguard is proud to be the official optic and hunting pack of Bowhunter Planet. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.